What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, our weekly preview of the PGA Tour. But before we get to the John Deere Classic, the final tune-up event before the final major of the season, the British Open coming up at Royal St. George's in England, we want to take a look at last week, the Rocket Mortgage Classic. And for the second week in a row on the PGA Tour, we have an event decided by a playoff Cameron Davis of Australia wins on the fifth playoff hole at the Detroit Golf Club in Detroit Michigan to win the Rocket Mortgage Classic he gets his first ever PGA Tour win and he does so as a 150 to 1 long shot Wes yeah, and for the second week in a row, yours truly, and I know you were part of that mix too with Troy Merritt, as was Matt Humans with Joaquin Neiman. Second week in a row, yours truly has the outright favorite at some point in the final round, the odds-on favorite, I should say. Joaquin Neiman was as high as minus $4 on Sunday as I was monitoring this action. Cameron Davis on 17 after an untimely bogey makes a 50-foot bunker shot for Eagle and goes ahead and birdies the 18th to get in that playoff. Uh, I had both Neiman and Merritt, and, and I know you had Merritt and Matt had Neiman, so we had it covered except for Cameron Davis and, you know, got a little bit back uh, hedging out of that, but really kind of a bad beat, I guess, on both sides because if you look at the fact that Joaquin Neiman had not made a bogey, all 72 holes, mm-hmm. all four rounds of the tournament, makes a bogey on the first playoff hole, so he goes to the side, and then Davis and Merritt battle it out until the fifth playoff hole. Troy Merritt, by the way, was number two in strokes gained putting. Never really regressed putting all week because usually you think, okay, if they start out first two or three rounds and on Sunday they're not going to make anything, he makes just enough, but he misses a five-footer, and Cameron Davis hits 
some really good shots he in the did. playoffs. Yeah. I don't want to discredit him and say that this was not a deserved victory. It was just kind of a tough beat. Uh, you said as high as 150. There was some 125 out there. So now Cameron Davis gets that win, obviously gets the two-year exemption on the PGA Tour, gets that Masters invitation. He still is not in next week's Open Championship over at Royal St. George, but he is now number 67 in the official world golf ranking, and that's how they go with the alternates. If somebody goes ahead and withdraws, we know that Soon JM and Siwoo Kim withdrew last week because obviously they are preparing for the Olympic Games and being South Korean, they can get out of that perhaps two-year military obligation if they medal at the Olympic Games. So obviously a lot of motivation for those two players. We'll see if somebody else drops out of the field next week. Right now, Davis is in that number one alternate spot to get that last spot in the Open Championship. So keep that in mind if you're either playing him or maybe using him in a matchup. There is a possibility maybe somebody drops out in the next day or two with an injury or, or decides not to play, and all of a sudden Cameron Davis gets that Open Championship championship spot and maybe could be a late withdrawal from the John Deere classic. He is in the field this week. I think 28 to one is basically where I've seen his price, but look, Cameron Davis tip of the hat to him. He's been a, a solid player from Australia yeah, for a while. I played him a couple times and he's had some nice showings just hasn't gotten a victory, but still that's golf betting Brady. You deal with the pain and, you know, having two shots in the playoffs and really the whole crew having somebody live and then not getting one home. It does make it for a very frustrating afternoon. I tell you, it was agonizing watching all of these guys that we had in contention finally fall off the pace. And then we get to a playoff and we've got two out of the three covered and still can't cash a ticket. I had Cameron Tringali, Chris Kirk, Alex Noren, I thought was going to have a shot to get there. Of course, you yeah, he was I, the low leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, couldn't get to 18 under par, missed out on the playoff entirely. Jason Kokrak, we both had. Uh, boy, I can't remember ever having a leaderboard so surrounded without getting an outright winner to cash that ticket this was the third renewal of this event and even though we did not reach better than 20 under par it was a birdie fest the course mm -hmm. played very easy like we thought it was uh, but I thought the course really showed itself well in this third year in this third edition of the Rocket Mortgage Classic I thought the fans were great the venue was very cool and and I think this moves up in class a little bit from the past two editions Wes and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was the 4th of July holiday that kind of added some life to this thing yeah I think so it was very competitive event and had obviously a lot of intrigue one of the things that falls prey to is the just being a victim of the schedule because you're in the middle of that u.s open and that open championship so hopefully better fields to come in detroit all right and it is long shots here the world's number one rated golf betting show on vsin and vsin.com thank you for those of us just now joining us brady cannon and wes reynolds with you and it is time to preview the john deere classic this week's event on on the PGA Tour, the final event before the British Open, and we go to the Midwest. It's time to bring in our guest. It is the member guest segment here on Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you, and our guest this week is Jeff Seeley. You can follow him on Twitter at CutMakerJeff. He hails from the Midwest, formerly known on Twitter as Indie Jeff. He is a professional golf handicapper and a frequent guest here on the network, a friend of VEASAN indeed. Jeff, thank you very much for joining us. I mentioned that uh, you hail from the Midwest. You're very familiar with this golf course, TPC Deer Run. It's hosted this event for 20-some years or so and uh, what did you put into your handicap this week for this golf course what kind of skill sets stuck out to you and when you broke down who might win this thing this week 
Hey guys, it's great to be here with you guys. And, and a couple things that I, I thought was really interesting. One, you've got to be able to make birdies here, very similar to last week. So that, that's one thing I expect the final score to be, you know, 18 to 22 under, somewhere around there. What's different this week than last week is last week, I think you had the, I think it's the flattest golf course on the PGA Tour, whereas this week you've got a course that's got a lot more hills, a lot more undulation. And so um, from a topography standpoint, it's a different course, but I, but I expect to see a shootout. Um, one of the biggest things I thought was really interesting, there are nine holes here, guys. So half the course has higher than a 20% birdie rate, and there's three holes with higher than a 32% birdie rate. So you've got to be able to make birdies. Um, I looked at wedge, wedge play a lot. This is a, there's a 3% higher wedge average here than on the standard tour event, which might not seem like a lot, but it's a pretty decent amount. And I looked at short par four scoring. There's, Seven par fours, 450 yards or less. So it's not a long course. Uh, that's something else I looked at. So making birdies, scoring on par fours, good wedge play. you got to be an accurate driver of the golf ball, and you got to be able to putt. So if you can figure out the right equation of all those different things, probably a good chance of finding a winner. Jeff, uh, looking at the recent history of the JDC here, usually a lot of first-time winners. I think five of the last nine winners were first-timers. And, and and that would seem to be an obvious point because it's a week before the Open Championship. You have a lot of guys staying over here that obviously are trying to improve their FedEx Cup status and go up in the points and obviously get those spots against a weaker field when you don't have some of the elite guys. Uh, did you factor that in at all this week? I know you run a lot of numbers and you're very metrics oriented but did you factor in okay what's the motivation for some of these guys uh sticking in this field and then adding in some course history current form other than what you mentioned with like approaches and obviously birdie rate what did you look at here for the jdc yeah no so, so certainly certainly i looked at guys who have had who played here before um you know i know there's there's a lot of guys honestly guys who graded out even in the top say 30 in my model only two hadn't played here before so i did look a little bit of course history um and then i looked at guys you know obviously how's your current form and how's your little long-term form um there's some really interesting guys one guy i'll talk about here in a little bit um but there's just some really interesting i, I really kind of narrowed the field down honestly guys to 20 guys and you know, that is what that seems like a lot um in this field giving some of the pricing I think that if you can if you can narrow down that that twenty to maybe four or five, you got a pretty good opportunity for profit this week because there's a, there's a, some pretty high pricing. So tournament history I looked at that's traditionally current form, and then add in those other things that I I just mentioned, and I spit out some pretty good names. There are so few marquee names in this field, Jeff, and it's similar to last week in Detroit, and we saw the two short shots, Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. Both of them didn't fare so well at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. This week at the top of the board at 10-1 to 1 is Daniel Berger. Did he make any sense when you broke this down? Did you land on Berger, the shortest guy on the board this week? I did, and it's and not that not, not, he's clearly the most talented player in the field. But I, I again, you talked about motivation, and, and um, I just don't. I, there, I didn't see a real, real reason to play Burger this week. Uh, I think the price was probably fair, but I just I didn't play him. I, I did look at Harmon. Uh, Harmon graded out really high in my model, and if you can get a Harmon at fifteen to one or so, I think that's a fair price. Uh, he's got you know top twenties in seven of his last eight tournaments. 
He's won this before. He's finished top 26 or better in four of the last five times he's been here. Of course, course history is phenomenal. Um, so Brian Harmon's a guy I, that I think for the price is fair. Um, while he's, he's lower than you're ever going to see him in any other tournament, um, he's, he's probably, for me, the class of this, this group. And Brian Harmon, a former champion here at the John Deere Classic. Jeff, let me ask you about a couple other guys. Kind of on the shorter end of the board, and it's probably priced it in the market here at this standpoint. But Brady and I were talking about in the lead-in segment of Sunjay M and Siwoo Kim, both of South Korea, that are going to forego playing in the Open Championship next week in Sandwich, England, because they're going to prepare for the Olympic Games. Because if you win an Olympic medal as a South Korean able-bodied male of ages 18 to 20, you can go ahead and be exempt from your two-year military service obligation over there in South Korea. Sure. So did you look at them at all here for this event? Obviously, it's a downfield. Soon JM, you know, is a top 30 player in the world. But down there at like 16 to 1, I got to think it's priced in. But do you think the prices were good enough for you to either take him or Kim here in this spot? Uh, I, I I would look at M. Excuse me. I would look at Kim over M. Um, I did not take take M largely because I think I would honestly I like Harmon so much, and I, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me to make to play two guys in that price range. So mine was more on a Harmon over M than a pure M fade. Um, M certainly talented enough. Uh, his his form is, is getting better. So I, I I certainly wouldn't argue with someone who wanted to play him. I just don't like playing two guys at that same price. And Siwoo, yeah, I mean, if it comes down to wedges, Siwoo is an elite wedge player. Um, he keeps his drive in the fairways. Obviously, putting's huge. And uh, it really, I think, will come down to the putter for Siwoo. But he could contend. Uh, he's not a guy I'm playing this week, but I can certainly make an argument for either. Jeff, what about some of the guys in the field that are here again? They did so well in Detroit last week, but ultimately ended up coming up short. Troy Merritt, Alex Noren, Maverick McNeely, Hank Lebiota. There's a number of guys that are going back to the well this week at the John Deere. Do you expect them to get up back on that horse again and, and perform at a high level? Or is there maybe a little bit of a hangover effect, especially for Merritt, who loses in a playoff? Is that going to be a little bit tough to swallow for these guys uh, trying to play at that level? in back-to-back weeks. You know, what's interesting about Merritt, he has four top tens in his last eight tournaments. So while he, he you know, he may have a hangover, and I think it's going to be a popular narrative, um, I think, you know, 40 to 1 is the most recent price I saw on him. And, you know, maybe a top, certainly a top 10, top 20 play. Because it's really hard to argue with this form coming in. He's played here six times. He finished 20th year as his best. But um, I, if you don't bet Merritt outright, I think there's a really strong case for a top 10 or top 20 here as well. There certainly may be some hangover. His form is, is really good coming in. He actually graded out number one in my model, believe it or not. So um, I am taking that into account because if in a normal week where he hadn't just lost in a, in a playoff last week, I might bet him outright. Um, I'm probably not going to do that. and I'll probably just bet him top 10 or top 20, but I'm going to play some merit. Um, and then the other guys, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play Cam Davis um, for, for no good reason other than the price is way down. Um, if the price and if price weren't where it is, it was higher than I certainly consider it. Um, I like Norin a lot this week. I've already bet Norin. Uh, he's you know top 25 and five of his last seven. Um, he's was, he's just got great. She's in great form. Love Norin. Like the Seamus Power, similar price. I like him. 
Um, McNeely, I did, I do like McNeely. You mentioned him. He has three straight top 30s. Um, I bet him top 30 just because I think it's a weak deal. He'll contend, and I got plus money on it, so I bet him plus 130, top 30. So, yeah, I like a lot of those guys. Lebiota, when they first came out, I got him at 66 to 1. I just thought that was just a pure price play, so I just threw a couple bucks on that early on. And so, yeah, a lot of those guys, I'm going back to the well because. They're in really good form, and this is a really weak field. And I'm actually with Jeff on Alex Norin, and we'll talk about that in our pick segment at the end of the show. Uh, Jeff, anybody a little bit down the board? This has kind of been a mixed bag when you look at these events. You've obviously seen short shots like Jordan Spieth when he was like three or four to one win this thing, and he's won here a couple times, Bryson DeChambeau. So you've seen some big names here, but you've also seen the Michael Kims of the world that shoot 27 under and just get hot with the putter and win at like 200 or 300 to one. So anybody a little bit down the board that you think maybe we're sleeping on here? So I bet this morning I played Sam Ryder at 180 to one. And um, he's, he's just sort of a really, he's a, he's just kind of a mystery. His course history here is actually really solid. He's been his 18th and second. Um, his current form is terrible. His, you know, his approach, he's lost, excuse me, lost uh, strokes on approach, lost three tournaments. He's kind of all over the place. He's missed, like, I'm going to say six of his last eight cuts or eight of his last ten, pretty close to that. But then you look back in March, he had back-to-back in Punta Cana and Honda, back-to-back top tens there. He had a tens at the Farmers. So he's really kind of all over the place. But when you look at a guy who can – Make it can fish top ten as he's done three times already in 2021. Who has good course form here, but who's in terrible recent form? That I think it's just a good price. So I added all that together. It made sense for a bet with me on Sam Ryder. It's really long odds. Jeff, who did you land on? I know you've mentioned Sam Ryder and Alex Noren and also Brian Harmon. Is that the full outright card for you, or do you have any others that you're on this week? Yeah, the only other one I've had so far is I've had Seamus Power. He's um, he's the only other one so far, so uh, that's probably going to be it for me on outrights. I've got a bunch of top 10, top 20, those kind of things, but um, no, that, that's probably it for me outright-wise. Jeff, uh, in turn, I know this is kind of a hard field to maybe kind of find a player to pick on because it's usually pretty wide open where you don't really have a clear favorite at the top. But anybody that you might feel is a fade this week in terms of head-to-head matchups or somebody you're looking to avoid in terms of outright or any top 20, top 30 markets, somebody you're looking to go against? Yeah, I mean, probably Cam Davis, right? Um, I think that, again, I haven't got to be honest, I haven't spent a ton of time pricing out the, the head-to-head matchups yet. I'll probably do that tonight. But I've got to believe that given this price, his his outright price, his matchup price is going to be aggressive. Um, I can't – I honestly can't tell you the last time I saw a guy win a golf tournament and not make any putts at all down the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, like, amazingly fortuitous for him. And, and I – listen, I, I, I live bet Cam Davis. I have a I have a two, I, I have a $200 Cam Davis – Brooks Kepka to win the Open Championship parlay. I, I, so Kepka wins the Open Championship. I got like 66 to 1 on him now. So I'm, I was thrilled when he got there. But um, it was it was such a horrible sweat because he just didn't make any cuts. Um, I, you know, again, I would I would look to probably fade Sam, excuse me, Cam Davis in matchups. Um, another guy who I'm probably going to play in matchups, but I think won't be very popular is Kadira. 
um, who's been his putter's just been on fire, and he keeps the ball in the fairway. So he's a guy you might look at to play on a matchup again, depending on who he's playing. But there's a fade and a play that you guys are going to be looking at. All right, Jeff, you mentioned the Open Championship and Brooks Kepka. I have a ticket on Kepka to win the Open Championship next week as well. Do you have anybody else? You mentioned that parlay there with Davis. Do you have anybody else in pocket for the British Open coming up or anybody you're taking a hard look at right now? You know, it's it's really hard for me to, to – I mean, I'm, I'm obviously Rom jumps off the page, right? It's really hard and not like Rom. Um, aside from the obvious, Rom, I, I'm going I'm to play Kepka. Maybe two guys who are a little bit longer who I'm looking at would be like a, a Hovland and a Morikawa. Um, not that they are not they're, – they're certainly household names, but maybe not guys that you would, you know, think of immediately. Um, so I'm certainly going to be playing those two guys probably, you know, in this. I've got to look at the latest pricing, but I can probably get a pretty good price on those two. And then uh, I'll probably play a little Patrick Reed. Just uh, for no other reason, despite net humans, right? <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah, and add Sergio Garcia to that card, too. He'd love either of those guys to win this thing. Hey, thank you so much, Jeff. We appreciate the time joining us here on Long Shots. And uh, I will talk to you in about a week for the uh, Open Championship draft, correct? Yeah, I'll be there. Looking forward to it, fellas. All right, that is Jeff Seeley. Follow him on Twitter, at CupMakerJeff. Indie Jeff, formerly known as on Twitter, and that's why we bring him in. He hails from the Midwest, and that's where we are on the PGA Tour this week. You're familiar with that area too, Wes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, this uh, course, John Deere, Deer Run, it's in the Quad Cities mm-hmm. and obviously has hosted this event since 2000. This tournament actually goes back to like 1972 when I was doing research for it. I was kind of amazed that it had this much history, but... You know, you've seen it. It's always kind of in that tough spot of the schedule, as we mentioned, Brady, the fact that it is before the Open Championship. And then there is kind of made the most of that, though. You know, with that charter flight with the guy that can get that last Open Championship spot. So John Deere has been a really good sponsor of this event. Oh, one of the best. And I think it's a really good tournament. It's just, you know, and we've seen some big names win here. Obviously, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau and uh, Mr. John Deere Classic actually not going to play the U.S. Senior Open this week yeah. in Omaha, and that yeah. being Steve Stricker, who won the major a couple weeks ago at the Bridgestone over in Akron at Firestone Country Club. So uh, Steve Stricker's won here a couple times, Zach Johnson. So you kind of see these familiar guys that always play this event. So I still think even with the downfield, it should be a good tournament and a lot of intrigue because not very many tournaments left for these guys in terms of having to play their way in the FedEx Cup. Really, we're getting toward the end of the season. It's really coming upon us. So only about three or four weeks if you want to get in that 125. No, you're right. Uh, John Deere has absolutely been one of the very best sponsors on tour. The fans are great there in Silvis, Illinois. And this event, they've kind of accepted their role in that tough spot right before the Open, but they've absolutely made the most of it. The John Deere Classic really is a good golf tournament. We'll come back and talk about a good one across the pond when we return right here on Long Shots. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of times you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And it's time to go across the pond. The European Tour. What a tournament this week. The Scottish Open at the Renaissance Club in North Berwick, Scotland. And Wes, this is a heck of a field. A lot of Americans have made the trip overseas. And to get acclimated before the Open Championship. And why not play in the Scottish Open as well? Who'd you find in the field this week at the Scottish Open? Yeah, and you mentioned it, Brady. Best field of the year, especially at the top. Uh, four of the top five in the OWGR are in this week's field, and that being John Rahm, Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Justin Thomas in this field. No, by the way, we haven't mentioned a couple other guys in the top 11, Rory McIlroy and Terrell Hatton in this field, and then some notable names, Matt Fitzpatrick, Tommy Fleetwood, Scotty Scheffler, so... A lot of really good players in this field, and this has been historically a good event. Uh, the Aberdeen Scottish Open, now it's rebranded to spell A-B-R-D-N. They just take the vowels out. So I think when I sent my write-ups in, they're like, oh, is this a misprint? It's like, no, it's not a misprint. So uh, I'm still going to say Aberdeen. Uh, yeah, Aberdeen Asset Management is the global company over in Edinburgh that sponsors this event. And ever since about 2011, they've kind of went to more links-like courses 
uh, for this because Lock Lamont really wasn't a Lynx course. This is not really pure Lynx in a purest sense, but a Lynx-like course here at Renaissance uh, Club, and it's just about 20 miles east of Edinburgh, and it'll host it for the third year in a row, Tom Doak Design. Par 71, 7,293 yards. So it actually sits in between Muirfield, which, of course, is one of the courses on the British Open Rota, and Archerfield Links. So uh, made out of old pine forest. Uh, was a little bit tougher last year due to wet and windy and wet weather conditions. Some little rain is expected all week, but I don't think that the wind is going to blow hard. So probably the scoring is going to be in the middle of between Aaron Rye's 11 under par that beat Tommy Fleetwood in a playoff last fall because this was played in October due to COVID-19. And then Bern Wiesberger went 22 under in the year before in that playoff over Benjamin Bear. So probably it's going to be in the mid to high teens, I would think would be your scoring here. So what I landed on, and, and if you really look at the trends over the last 11 years, each Scottish Open winner has at least one top 10 finish in the four starts immediately prior to playing this event, other than Brandon Stone in 2018, who was a big long shot at 400 to one. But I landed on one shorter guy, and that's Terrell Hatton at 22 to one. Good enough recent form was runner up in the Palmetto four weeks ago. Always been very good in Scotland. Was 14th here in the 2019 tournament, but has twice won the Alfred Dunhill Links, which is usually played in the fall. That's kind of the answer for the European Tour to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, right. basically over there. So he's won that twice. Runner up also in that event. Also a runner up in the Scottish Open. Two top sixes in the Open Championship for his career. So I thought, this guy's been playing pretty good golf. And a lot of the American expatriates plus John Rahm are priced shorter because they're ranked ahead of them. But I don't know if they really should be based on his experience. So Tyrrell Hatton, 22 to 1. Brandon Grace, 42 to 1, who we didn't have a winner on in Puerto Rico earlier this season, quietly playing really good golf. Yeah, Fourth yeah. at the Memorial, seventh at the U.S. Great Open. Great player. Really good player in Scotland, too. He also won the Dunhill Links in 2012. Also finished second in this event, I believe, at Castle Stewart. I think that was, of course, that, that year in 2013. Guido Migliozzi, another guy playing very good golf, the young Italian. T4 at Torrey Pines, got himself back in the U.S. Open next year. Also stayed stateside for what you thought would have been a tough event and kind of a fade for him, but he was T13 at the Travelers, which I thought was very respectable. Mm -hmm, off the sure. best ever finish in a major championship. Also before that, back-to-back -back runners-up at the British Masters at the Belfry and also in Denmark. So he's not all really that far away. And then I'll finish out some of the longer shots here before you have to get to break. Martin Keimer, 66-1. to Really doesn't have great form here, but he's one of these players that need to get one of those three spots that are left available. Top three finishers not already exempt will get into the Open next week. Martin Keimer not yet in he's that Open Championship. Well. Yes, he has. He was runner-up in Germany a couple weeks ago, 66-1. Ian Poulter, 68-1. to 14th and 6th the last two years on this course. Has a tendency to peak right before a major championship, so I thought Ian go. Poulter was a solid price. Thomas Peters, 72-1. to one. Yet to find a rhythm. He's had a lot of stops and starts in his schedule this year, but he's played the last two weeks, heading in the right direction. T12 at the Irish Open last weekend, led the field in strokes he gained off the tee. And another guy who was so great, T to green last week. He was first in the field, even though he only finished T9 for the tournament. Jason Scrivener, 105 to 1, first in T to green, second in approach last week. Top 10, three of his last four starts. So a guy at triple digits that I think could hit that first page. Yeah, Guido jumped out at me, and he's really jumped onto the scene ever since that 
fourth place finish at the U.S. Open. And I wonder about Scotty Scheffler. I don't really know a lot about his Lynx game yet. One of these Americans is going to be in contention here, and I just don't know who it's going to be yet. I wonder if getting outside of the United States, where maybe there's not as big a spotlight on him, on him I could see uh, maybe him having a good week there at the Scottish Open. We'll come back with major implications next on Long Shots. are just nine days away from the season's final major championship. The British Open or the Open Championship will take place on July 15th. That'll be the first day Thursday of the four-day tournament at Royal St. George's in Sandwich, England. And we want to play a game. We played Who's the Play last week, Wes, and we uh, covered a couple of the tiers, the real short shots, and then the guys in kind of the 20 to 40 to 1 neighborhood. We want to get a little deeper down the board this week, and we go to Tier 3 three here where we have basically guys from 50 to one to about 80 to one and Justin Rose, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Sergio Garcia, Mark Leishman, Brandon Grace, you just spoke about a guy you're on for the Scottish Open, Lee Westwood and Cam Smith are in this category and also Adam Scott, who's had a number of chances to win the Open Championship. Anybody in tier three there that you would say that guy is a play? You know, there are a couple good players that are attractive options, I think, actually in this tier and uh, one of them I'm already on this week so we'll see uh, how that carries over but Brandon Grace very good links player at 50 to 1 so his price has obviously been cut Uh, that might be a little low I might be looking for a little bit more on him like 60 or 66 I think that would be a fairer price but in terms of the quality of player absolutely Now, a guy that's a very quality player that's not in amazing form right now, he's not playing poorly, but really hasn't contended, but always so good at the Open Championship. And this is, I think, the one last thing he really wants to accomplish in his career before maybe eventually becoming the European Ryder Cup captain, and that's Sergio Garcia, who has had a lot of chances. Remember, he lost that playoff to Patty Harrington. So he's always kind of a top 10 guy, always finds his way up here at the Open Championship. So he would be one. I'd look at Scotty Scheffler, who you mentioned in the lead into the last our last break is very intriguing. Now, he has never played an open championship. He's actually making his European professional debut this week at the Scottish Open. So he can be a real boomer bust candidate, obviously played well at the U.S. Open with the seventh place finish was kind of right in that mix on that first page of the leaderboard. And this guy has shown well in majors. He's still a very young guy, only 25 years old, so has yet to win a major. So he does have some intrigue, a couple guys that maybe I would look to take a stand against. Webb Simpson, perhaps, because I think he's still injured. I think maybe his form is weird. Yeah, I think he has an injury going on right now. And maybe uh, he was being truthful about that when he left at the Wells Fargo. So I don't know necessarily about Webb Simpson here. Westwood, that price has already been cut based on his hot form from earlier this year. 
Cameron Smith is a guy you at the you look at the stats, Brady. He never really jumps out at right. you, but somehow he's kind of like there. But he doesn't really have a lot of open championship experience. His best was twentieth at Royal Portrush back in twenty nineteen. So he's probably somebody I would take a pass on. Matthew Fitzpatrick will absolutely be popular here. Oh, There'll yeah. be a lot oh, of people. Yeah. He'll be like An the new, He'll be the new Louis Oosthuizen. That's usually in this fifty to sixty type price range. They're like, oh man, you got to bet him, and he's such a good ball striker and a good putter but he always has something missing he's a little bit finowish in terms of uh, a european player well i stayed away from fitzpatrick because it's kind of like a home game for he and terrell hatton and, and i think maybe terrell hatton and brandon grace are really good plays this week at the scottish open mm-hmm. because again there's not quite that pressure of a major championship and, Ter- and terrell hatton has never really been good in england he's mm-hmm. always been better in scotland but it's never really been good in these british events and sometimes uh you know when you're a, a Scotsman playing in Scotland or you're an Englishman playing in England or a Welshman playing in Wales. Right. That's where the pressure is in the other regions in the UK, maybe not as much pressure. We saw it happen to Tommy Fleetwood when they played the open. I believe it was Royal Burkdale a few years ago. Yes. And, you know, there's just so many eyes and spotlight on you when, you know, the course is down the street from where you grew up. It's very tough. We'll see maybe if this one becomes Scottish Scheffler this week. Mr. Scottish Scheffler. I like that. Uh, let's go to tier number four, and these are the triple-digit and better long shots. Ian Poulter at 100-1, to 1, Rafa Cabrera-Bello at 100-1, to 1, Bubba Watson, Max Homa, Brian Harmon, Matt Wallace, an Englishman, uh, will be playing on home turf. Siwoo Kim, Bernard, or Bernd Wiesberger at 125-1. to 1. Former champion, two-time champion, Padraig Harrington at 150-1. to 1. And how about former champion Henrik Stenson? I believe that was 2016 at Royal Troon, 150-1. to 1. He's really been in poor form yeah he has been hasn't made a lot of cuts this year just kind of looking a little bit at this board uh one guy that i think maybe should be a little shorter about 100 to 1 or maybe 90 to 1 and it's actually a guy they like this week because he was the 2019 champion at the scottish open Bern Viesberger at 125 to 1 i think from a price standpoint that is high but in the open championship he's never been better than 32nd at royal port rush so i think he's probably going to be ignored stewart sink of course does have a Claret Jug, yes. remember, at Turnberry. Uh, that's so unfortunate, though. That's his greatest moment of his career, but everybody is mad at him because he stopped Tom Watson at 60 years old from winning a Claret Jug at Turnberry. But Stuart Sink, always pretty solid, even when he's been out of form the last few years and not been winning, has a couple top 20s in the Open Got Championship. two victories this year. Yeah, just knows how to play. So I could see Stuart Sink getting some support. Matt Wallace is another Englishman who's never quite reach that stardom that people thought he was going to mm-hmm. reach because remember I think it was two or three I might have been three years ago where he won like four European tour events in a season and it's like okay this is the guy this is the guy and he hasn't been able to do it in like a major or even on American soil or even a major on this soil with the open championship but I think he'll attract a little bit there but if I'm looking at that tier right now I would probably say Sink and Wiesberger. Yeah, I think Sink makes a lot of sense, as does uh, Wiesberger that you point out. One guy I might consider, and maybe I would want a little bit better price, and maybe you can find him at 125 or even 150, 
Bubba Watson has never been a great Open Championship player. He's never been a great U.S. Open player. He's a fantastic Masters player as he has two green jackets. He's been playing really darn well as of late. He came and soared up that leaderboard on Sunday at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He nearly won the Travelers the week before. He played well at the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. I mean, that's a big number on a guy that is a major champion. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, uh, Bubba, I mean, there's a lot of guys that aren't great players at a certain place until they win. Like when Sergio Garcia won the Masters, was oh, always didn't terrible. Expect Phil to win a British, right? Yeah, and and then I'll, I think he had one runner-up finish, and then he won. And then, you know, ever since, he's either been top 20. I think he was second to Darren Clark there a few years yes, ago. Yes, yes. But, you know, Phil was never really a great Lynx player. He used and to be such all, a high ball flight guy. Yeah. He couldn't and, handle the wind. And then all of a sudden, he did it. Yep, absolutely did. Phil Mickelson still in search of the career Grand Slam, only missing the U.S. Open. All right, when we come back, we will get to our plays for this week, the John Deere Classic. Matt Humans has some plays, Wes Reynolds and myself, as we roll on here on Long Shots on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds back with you here inside Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show on vsin and vsin.com, the sports betting network. Time to get to our match play segment where we go over all of our plays for this week's event. That, of course, is the John Deere Classic. Now, we were wrapping up the last segment, Major Implications, Wes, and we did not get to the plays we currently have in pocket. And I'll mention a couple. We were talking about both Terrell Hatton and Matthew Fitzpatrick. They are both currently in the pocket of Mr. Mr. Matt Humans. He's got Hatton at 42 to 1 and Matthew Fitzpatrick going at 58 to 1. So he's going with a couple of Englishmen. I I did not I don't want to go that direction. I'm not going to go guys uh, on guys that are playing on their home turf uh, so to speak, but I did go with the Spaniard. You mentioned Sergio Garcia. I was able to get him at 60 to 1 and I even saw 75 at Circa and I don't know if that's where it still is, but uh, I I think 50 might be a little low on Sergio. I think 60's good. 75 is great, um, and you alluded to it. It's really his best major championship. We did not expect him. We expected him to win here before he won at Augusta National. Jordan Spieth is a British Open champion 2017 at Royal Birkdale, and I'm going back to the well with him. He's been in fantastic form as of late. His iron play is great. And then Brooks Kepka. I, I think I've gotten to the point, Wes, where I'm not going to let a major championship go by without a ticket on Kepka. Yeah, I could certainly understand that here. Uh, and plus, he was a guy that does have some links experience, being the fact that, look, he started on the European tour before he came over and played PGA Tour full time. That is where he cut his teeth. So Brooks Kepka, despite the fact that he's not won an open championship, far from a greenhorn on Lynx golf courses. So I don't think that's a bad play. And by the way, three of his last four open championships, top 10 or better. So certainly can't argue that. Uh, One of the things I was looking at, Brady, too, that I thought was a little bit ironic. Now, we have had Europeans win in this span. Guys from Ireland, Northern Ireland, Lowry, McElroy, Patty Harrington, Darren Clark. We have not had an Englishman win the Open Championship since 1992. That was Nick Faldo at Muirfield. Yes, uh, and in between, you've had Paul Lowry, another one from Scotland that's also won. So you've had a lot of these U.K. players, but not necessarily Englishmen. Now, I know you don't have any bets in pocket yet for the Open Championship, but anybody you're close to getting down on? You know, I, Brooks Kepka might actually make my card because I, I got home with the John Rahm at the U.S. Open, so it's kind of hard to bet them in the next major. I know that people will. I'm going to keep an eye on the Rory Price, and then, uh, you know, do I go back to the well with Xander Schauffele? He just got married. Yep. Of course, that was sent out. So so that means Matt Eumanns doesn't want to bet, right, bet on him right. anymore. Now that's finally <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back. He's to no leave longer al- a fan. To leave alone Xander Schauffele. But, yeah, I'm going to look also a little bit down the board. One that kind of interests me, I didn't play him this week because he was runner-up in this event last year. But if I can get him at around 50 or so to one, Tommy Fleetwood, mm-hmm. I think is going to start to come around. Uh, and I think he's been playing okay. He's shown some signs. 
Mines, obviously not been a contender, but Fleetwood is one of those Englishmen I will play if I can get him 50 to one or better. And, and maybe we talked about that open championship just down the street from where he grew up at Royal Birkdale. And, and that was obviously an extremely difficult situation for him. Maybe this time around mm-hmm. now, the pressure is a little different. He's obviously much more mature. And he's his- been a little bit off the grid because yep. I think it was kind of like, remember a couple years ago when everybody loved Tommy oh, Fleetwood? Yeah. It's like, man, this is when it's going to happen. And then it didn't happen. So he kind of disappointed and people kind of, you know, leave him alone and think, okay, maybe he's not the guy. But we know that's the fascinating thing about golf is that guys work at different paces. Some guys peak very early and win young in their career. And some guys, it takes a while. But I think Tommy Fleetwood still has some really good golf left in him. Absolutely. Certainly a top player in the world. And I think that makes a lot of sense on Fleetwood. All right, let's get to our plays for the John Deere Classic. Matt Humans has some outrights and he's going right to the top of the board with Daniel Berger and got a good number on him at 12 to 1. I've seen Berger as low as 8 to 1 and certainly the class of this field, Berger at 12 to 1 and Matt's won with Daniel Berger earlier this year mm-hmm. in Pebble Beach. So going back to the well with him, Russell Henley. I took a hard look at Russell Henley. His stats are great. He's done well at this tournament before. Of course, had a great U.S. Open, was in the lead there for three days at Torrey Pines. So certainly in good form. Seamus Power, this guy, I, I wanted to bet him last week. He was a late addition to that field at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Uh, I was not able to get down on him, but he is certainly in good form. And the reason I stayed away from him, Wes, is because Seamus Power, is usually 100 or 150 yeah, to 1. It just I didn't seems kind of funny betting him at like 33 to 1 here. Yeah, so I stayed away from him, but I can't argue with liking the way he's playing right now, and it wouldn't surprise me if he was in the mix come Sunday. And then Mr. John Deere himself, Zach Johnson, at 44 to 1, always seems to play here as well. Yeah, it almost seems like it's either him or Steve Stricker. It right. was for a few years when Stricker won here three years in a row, 2009 to 2011, and then Zach Johnson uh, won here in 2012 and when he doesn't win, he's usually the runner-up. I think he lost in a playoff here twice. So, you know, those all make sense. By the way, Berger and Henley, when I was running some of the stat models this week, number one and number two, respectively, in terms of strokes gained approach uh, in this field. So they certainly make a lot of sense. All right. And your plays are now up there on the screen. Wes, who did you go to in the outright market? Well, Jeff, Indy Jeff, Jeff Seeley in the member guest segment tipped my hand a little bit on one outright, and that's Alexander Norin at 33-1, to who I know you were on last week. Did uh, end up tie for fourth at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, was the leader in the clubhouse, and you're thinking, okay, is this going to stick? But though Neiman and Merritt and the leaders had so many holes to play, you thought, eh, he might fall one short, and that's exactly what he did. But I like him this week also. Still a guy trying to play himself in the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. Has shown some decent form, I think, over the last month or two. So uh, Alexander Noren at 33-1, Patton Kazire, and I pretty much stayed like in the middle of the market this week. Patton Kazire at 50-1. to one. A guy that really can make a lot of birdies. And one of the things I looked at was opportunities game. And only Kevin Streelman, who a lot of people like this week, was ahead of Patton Gazire for birdie opportunities game. So this is a guy that can make a lot of birdies and get real hot with the putter. He's really good on par fours from 400 to 450 yards, was 10th best in this field, uh, was up there on the proximity numbers, I believe, as well. So 50 to 1 on Gazire. Also went with Steve Stricker, 50 to 1. Uh, I think who, he can still win here, man. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is one of the few places where he can probably win now at, I think he's 53. He might be 54 now, but he just won 
the uh, senior major at the Bridgestone Senior Players Championship at Firestone in Akron, Ohio. So he's still got good form, and he's still the go-to guy if you need somebody to help you with your putting stroke, either him or Dave Stockton. So Steve Stricker, 50-1. to one. And he's Do- from around this area. Went yeah. to uh, Illinois fighting Illini. Yeah, he is He is. Uh, he is Mr. Quad Cities. So uh, uh, Steve Stricker, 50-1, to one, I thought well, I thought was relatively fair. Doc Redmond, 55-1. to one. I played the doctor last week at Detroit, and he actually missed the cut. Of course, he was the guy that was runner-up that first year back in 2019. So it's kind of almost a thing where I don't have a lot of stats to back it up, even though he's been very good on approach. Top 10 in this week's field. Also top 10 in proximity gain, 125 to 150. And like Indy Jeff said, you're going to have to be very good with the wedges here. But it's kind of like... Where you thought he was going to play well and he lets you down. Then he kind of drifts a little bit. So then I go back to uh, Doc Redman at 55 to 1. Kyle Stanley, 60 to 1. Fit a lot of the stats. Can he make a putt? I don't know. Usually <laughs> he and, and Redmond are both like that. Usually Great the answer strikers. is no on that question. <laughs> but Cal Stanley, uh, number three this week in the field and approach, number three in opportunities gained. Uh, uh, pretty, I think, solid with the wedges. Now, can he make the putts? He was number two, actually, in proximity, gained 125 to 150. So Cal Stanley, 60 to 1. Johnny Vegas, 60 to 1. Mm-hmm. This just seems like a course. This is a guy who can make a lot of birdies. Yep. And I think. Drive it long and straight. Yeah, absolutely. You can either be a bomber or you can be a plotter here. And I think either one can win that. And I actually got him at 66. Bo Hosler, 80 to 1, has been playing some solid golf he has lately. Been playing well. Maybe another University of Texas guy to, to uh, win here. There's been a, a couple here in the past. So Bo Hosler finished 25th last week in Detroit, but was 10th at the Travelers. So all of a sudden has put together three straight made cuts. I thought 80 to 1 was actually a big price. He's smaller in other places. And then the one matchup. Like Indy Jeff said, I faded Cameron Davis. I went with Seamus Power at plus money, plus 115. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cameron Davis, uh, you know, it's a monumental event to win your first PGA Tour event and and maybe even look for a matchup, head-to-head matchup, to go against Cameron Davis in the first round. Mm -hmm. Maybe not uh, all four rounds, and I can't argue. A little bit of a hangover effect, absolutely. Sure, sure. And and rightly so. The guy, uh, hey, it's a heck of an accomplishment. Uh, As far as my card, uh, just outrights for me, I'll probably dive into the matchups as they are just now being posted pretty much everywhere. I'll dive into those and see if we can get a few of those published in Point Spread Weekly. That, of course, comes out on Wednesday mornings. But uh, my shortest shot, I did go with Kevin Streelman, Wes. Uh, absolutely one of the top class players in this field and really becoming a top player in the world. I think he's just outside the top 50 now. And as far as what I looked at this week, really my handicap, Wes, was almost identical to last week. Mm-hmm. Approach and putting and, yes. and, and short game. And I, and I looked at, I mean, I, I basically threw how they do off the tee out the window and just went from about 150 yards in, wedge play, short game, and putting. And it worked out well for me last week. Got a lot of top 10s and top 20s cashed. Mm-hmm. But uh, hoping, this year, hoping this week we can convert one into a winner. And your top two there, number one and two, and opportunities gained in terms of birdie opportunities gained that being Kevin Streelman and Patton Kazire over the last 24 rounds and that's this week's field only so Got a lot of guys that can give you birdie opportunities, and you need to have those here at the John Deere. Yeah, Kevin Streelman uh, really becoming a world-class player in the last couple of years. He is 33rd on tour in strokes gained approach, and then Patton Gazire, 62nd on strokes gained approach on tour and 15th in strokes gained putting. I got Kazire at 45-1. to I took a shot with Charles Howell. Guy doesn't get to the winner's circle that often, but he's got a great course history here at the 
John Deere. He's played here a hundred times, just like a, a lot of tournaments for mm -hmm. Charles Howell, like mm -hmm. the Sony Open. Um, and his putting has improved quite a bit. Howell used to be a guy that couldn't make a putt. He is now down to 92nd on tour in strokes gain putting. He is fifth in scrambling. Uh, went with Doug Gim, great ball striker. We'll see, if, we'll see if he can make a putt. Not the best with a flat stick, but he can sure hit a lot of greens in regulation, and he drives it very straight. And then finally, I went with Bryce Garnett, my big long bomb at 150 to 1. Tremendous short game. 23rd on tour in scrambling and 18th on tour in strokes gain putting. We'll see if we can surround that leaderboard once again. Next week, we go across the pond. Ben Coley of the Sporting Life will join us to help us break down the British Open along with Mike Peranio of the Mandalay Bay. Enjoy the John Deere Classic, everybody. Keep it here at VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.